p.m. Central. It's time for Pillars of Franchising, Broadcasting the Secrets of Success. I'm Fred McMurray with my co-host, Ray Pillar. Ray, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we've had some interesting weather here in the Midwest, the uh, Aurora, Illinois area. It has been uh, uh, sunny one day in the 60s and wind blowing uh, in the uh, mid to low 30s the next day and rain. And, well, you know, that's why I love this area. If you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes. Yeah, I heard you guys were going to get that big uh, cyclone blast, horrible blizzard weather that I guess the rest of the Midwest, you're going to get that? I'm not aware of that, but who yeah, knows? Then you may. Who knows? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who knows? I mean, I, I see these things because, of course, now it's entered into that beautiful time. Everything's still green. The rain's, the rain's quit, and it's just the – well, the problem is is that the, a couple of days last week, it was, earlier this week, it was just getting kind of warm to the point where I may actually have to take my hoodie off. You know? Oh, no. That that sun and and you know wonderful weather. I may actually have to take the hoodie off because it gets too warm. I hate that. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I talked to our, our our friend Holly earlier today, and she's a bit running behind, um, but she's hoping to join us sometime today. So when she does, she'll we'll bring her on. So my that'd friend, be great. Um, oh, did want to tell you, uh, today we had our West Vine had their ribbon cutting under the new name with the chamber, and we had, I don't know, quite a few people here, so you'll be seeing pictures of the big scissors and the big Link Local Network pencil. Um, we got oh, that fantastic. in that picture, too, so, yeah, those coming up forward to it. So, yeah. shall we bring our first guest on? Oh, we can do that. So, and our first guest person? is Carolyn Thurston, CEO of Wisdom Senior Care. Welcome to the show, Carolyn. Hi, Carolyn. Thank you, Ray. Hey, thank you, Ray and Fred. I'm glad to be here. We're glad to have you here. Your your first your first episode or your first appearance was during the very very large women in franchising uh, show. Mm-hmm. I don't know last month. So where you were one of eight guests, now you're just one of two. So welcome to being very special now. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. I do. I appreciate you both putting this platform together to help educate people on the whole franchising system. I think it's just great. You mean we're educating people on the franchising system? I thought we were just having a good time. Sorry. Wasn't there a Cuban uh, baseball player saying it was good to me? It was good to me. Baseball has been very, very good. Baseball. Yeah. Franchising has been very, very good to me. Yeah. Yeah, very, very good. So you're the, the CEO of Wisdom. You're the CEO of Wisdom Care. Sorry, Wisdom Senior Care. Tell us a bit about it. Care. We um, are able to assist. Um, seniors 
to be able to stay in their homes as long as they like with compassionate caregivers. And what we're excited about is that we're actually helping like-minded business owners who have a desire to um, help the seniors in their local areas be able to do the same. We're growing and finding other business owners that we can help train, train through franchising. Awesome. And I screwed up, didn't I, Ray? I didn't ask the first question, did I? So you get You to didn't. Me. No. No. Go for it, my So, friend. Carolyn, where, Carolyn where, where are you at, Carolyn? And how's the weather where you're at? <laughs> yeah, so we're, cur- we're in North Carolina, which is a beautiful day today. The sun is shining. The only issue that we have, which is pollen, and we've been having, like, pollen storms. But other than that, we have clear blue skies, and the temperature's around 80 degrees, just perfect. Oh, wow. Sounds We're great. We're coast to coast. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, wisdom senior care is care for mom and dad in the home, in their home. Is that correct? That is correct. And, you know, if you look at a lot of the population, um, any if you ask any senior over the age of 70 in their 80s, they will tell you that they would rather be at home. They want to stay at home as long as they possibly can. So one of our main goals is really the primary goal is to be able to help them achieve that. And it's important for families to have a peace of mind. A lot of times, um Family members don't live real close to their loved ones, and they need to have a peace of mind knowing that someone's going to be there to be a support for that loved one. And that's what wisdom does. That's what we help provide. We take time out to assure that we um, have the right caregivers that are going in to be able to help the families. And so anyone who is um, really maybe have um, directly experienced having to take care of a loved one, um, maybe their parents, it could be their um, parent-in-law, they understand some of the issues that they face, that families are facing. And it's hard for them to find good quality people, or it could be that, you know, mom's just so far away, I just don't have any way of making sure she's okay. So we we are able to just provide the family and the client a peace of mind. And we're attracting business owners who like to do the same thing and be able to do that in their own local area, you know, be able to really impact and um, help seniors be able to stay home. Well, I don't know if you know, Carolyn, but I, I own a franchise called Molly Made, and I can I tell you mm-hmm. that, that – uh, one of the things that uh, we do experience uh, with uh, with uh, many of our our senior clients is when our our ladies come to do the cleaning, they are just thrilled to see them. They can't wait for 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 their weekly or biweekly, you know, every other week clean because it's you know it's a fresh face coming in there to to mm-hmm. say hi and how you doing and and of course there have been incidents where we've helped them out in, in, in a few situations mm-hmm. so. So I, I, yeah. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful service that you're providing. 
Yeah, and it's a much-needed service. And like you said, you know, statistics are showing that a large, maybe about um, 50% of our senior population suffer from depression. And just as you stated, they're in their homes, they're isolated at times, they're not having people come in, and so people do not think about seniors getting depressed. But that is also some a way to prevent that by having some type of contact coming in and out of the home. Absolutely, it's it's a it, you know I can certainly see right now. I don't know anybody uh, seventy or over, so. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I can introduce suffering. <laughs> So, so uh, yeah, I'm the serious side. Carolyn, uh, I'm reading here that you were Air Force brat. Tell us about your experience in growing up and how this led to uh, what you're doing right now with Wisdom Care. Yeah, that's a um, with um, I had the opportunity. My father was in the military, so we traveled a lot. And through our travels, we would travel to different countries. And one thing I noted is that there were a lot of people in, from different cultures that really seemed to treasure their senior population. And they would really honor them. But sometimes in the um, United States, there was an issue. You reach a certain age, and it's kind of like you're put to one side, and you're no more good, Right. And so as my travels, I would always find myself finding someone who was older. I probably thought they were real old at the time. They probably weren't as old as I thought they were. But they were older than I was. And so I would always find myself going, sitting, listening to them, asking questions. And you can learn a tremendous amount from them. And so as I was traveling, um, God just put in my heart, about starting a senior daycare um, for seniors. At that time, when I was in high school, there were not those type of adult daycare centers around. And I actually got the name for my company, Wisdom, when I was in high school. And I remember going to my mother, who was my greatest cheerleader, and I told her that, you know, I was going to start a uh, daycare for the senior population, and the name of that would be Wisdom. And so that's kind of how Wisdom started formulating, and I, start, I went on from high school and um, ended up getting a nursing degree because I loved helping people, so it would be natural that I would go towards something that I could help people. And as I started in that format, I've just seen the journey turn and in 2006. I got the opportunity to really step out there and um, start taking steps upon opening up my own business, which was a little bit of a, um, a fear factor that's there. I think you would talk to anybody who's ever um, thought about or had a dream about starting their own business. The first thing they would say to you is, oh, I'm afraid, you know. So I always tell people you've just got to take that first step. And I remember sitting at home one night, and I said, you know, what is it that I could do? And the first thing that fear will start to do is put all the negatives of why you shouldn't do it, why you can't do it, you don't have this, you don't have that. And I remember there was just like this voice said to me, 
I didn't ask you about that. What's one thing that you could do? And the one thing that I could do right at that time was to complete an application to apply for a license, a home care license. So that was my first step, and I took that step, and that's how Wisdom Senior Care started in operation here in North Carolina. So that's how we got started, and that's where our corporate office um, has been operating for the last 14 years. Wow, 14 years. How many franchises do you have? So currently, because we are what you call an emerging franchisor, which for people that are listening and they're just learning, that's um, a franchisor who has anywhere from zero to maybe 100 um, franchises, right? So at this current time, we have actually three, with one of those being our corporate office, and then we have two that are still here in North Carolina in the Raleigh area. Um, we are looking at by the end of, let's say by the beginning of October, we'll be adding three more franchises here in the state of North Carolina. And then we'll be um, transitioning more down to um, the eastern part of the United States. All right, so a couple of questions here. One, Mm -hmm. Ray was talking about his people going in, and it sounds like there's – we need to get you together with the Molly Maid owners so they, as they go in to, to folks uh, to do house cleaning, they can drop off, like, mm-hmm. coupons or certificates or brochures for the well, um, oh, sure. But, but you know, yeah, but you know what that's really like. That's developing strategic partnerships, right? And so you uh-huh. look at that, and that's what we like to treat, teach our business owners, how important it is to develop these strategic relationships. So you are right. That would be a great partnership. Yeah. Well, we'll see yeah. what we can work out. Definitely. That's what we call cross-marketing <laughs> here. And I said the C yeah. word, uh-huh. not the M word, so take that. Um, <laughs> so um, no applause for Fred. Um, the other thing that you were talking about, uh, you were <laughs> – I remember reading in your bio, um, you were, I think, mm-hmm. talking to your, um, and, and I've actually related this story a couple of times um, to a couple of people because it just struck me as as um, just so compelling. And I even told my daughter about it to tell my granddaughter when she was old enough. But you had a guidance, mm-hmm. uh, high school guidance counselor that when you told mm-hmm. him what you wanted to do, he said what? So um, thank you for reminding me of that. But, yes, um, it was actually a she. And, um, you know, when you uh, were in high school, when I I was in high school, we used to have guidance counselors, and their job was to see where you were going to go once you graduated. And so I told her that I wanted to be a nurse. And she said, Carolyn, now be honest with you, I really wasn't a great student in school. I was always a dreamer. I would be dreaming about things I was going to create or do, you know, so I wasn't always in tune to class. But she said, no, you know, I don't think that's the right thing for you, Carolyn. I think you should be a secretary. And at the time, I was really a bashful, really shy um, girl, but I stood up to her and I said, no, I'm going to be a nurse. And I just proceeded on. And through all the different obstacles and challenges, I was able to overcome those and um, definitely received my um, degree in nursing as well as a degree in sociology, too. 
See, I think that's a, a phenomenal story. Of you don't take crap mm-hmm. from anyone, and you go out and follow your heart. I, I just, I, I think that's awesome. At this point, yeah. Ray, it's that time, so we're gonna pay a couple of bills. Um, we got a buttload of people. Sorry, don't mean to for those of you listening on the website to <laughs> call you a buttload, but there's a buttload of people on my screen that are on the website. So, click the chat button, ask your questions, and and we'll get them asked on the show. Or you can dial in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. want to thank the Link Local Network, uh, the, which they've just finished their rebrand, and the first uh, group of community voices are on there, and they are working to help people achieve work-life balance. So we want to thank them. And we are, are prominently carried on their website, uh, linklocalnetwork.com. And then, uh, and now a, a word from our first sponsor. I think I got everything else I was supposed to say. So a word from our first sponsor. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new move-ins to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805 265 5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. Thanks, Michelle. Ray, back to you, my friend. Oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> Carolyn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I think one of the things that uh, came to mind while you were talking was uh, that puts us through a, through a lot of trials, and I kind of like to look at it as a learning experience for what we end up doing. And it okay. appears to me that you know you've gone, you've been many places, you've seen many things, so you've learned mm-hmm. a lot. And mm-hmm. has this what you've learned through all the trials that you've gone through, you know, going from place to place and in school and everything, mm-hmm. has, has this helped you uh, with your business? Wow, that's a great question, and I would agree with you. I think the ability to be able to see people from different cultures and be willing to accept diversity and inclusion, that has helped me a tremendous amount. So, therefore, no matter where you go, um, you know, you're not as um, intimidated, um, even though you might go into some places, maybe you're the only woman there or you could be the only man, man there or whatever. It helps to um, increase your um, self-confidence. So I would say that the travels have definitely assisted me with that. And then, you know, as life takes you on different um, journeys, different situations happen, and at the time you're going through it, you may question and say, okay, I can't understand why I'm going through this. But once you get to the end, it's like, okay, you can see you're much stronger. And 
never to say you won't go through another challenge, but you'll be able to get through it quicker and more efficiently, and it probably will not physically affect you like it did the first time. That's what I'm learning as I continue on the journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, in my case, I, I was a high-tech person. I love high-tech stuff, and I mm-hmm. and I was in, in, involved in, in uh, many things that that were electronics. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. what happened to me was that these items became obsolete. You know, items mm-hmm. like the VCR and the, yeah. the telephone that people had in yeah. their homes, you know, the, cop- yeah. the copper line telephones. And uh, I, it put me out of business. So when I decided to go for something, I went for something that I thought was low-tech, <laughs> cleaning a home, but it's not. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, 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 there's so much behind it that people would be amazed if they've seen uh, our operation in mm-hmm. uh, how much uh, technology is involved in something as simple as cleaning your home. But, uh, you know, that's good that you bring that out because you're right. I think in a lot of the service-type industries, and so if there's people that are looking at a franchise system in the in the service-type industry, they, they have to understand that that's a key thing that you want to assure. Any franchise that you're um, looking or you're investigating, assuring what type of systems do they have? Because the way our environment, our culture is growing, everything is going through technology. And if if you don't have a good base there, you know, you are going to be left behind. So that is a good point that you bring out. Absolutely. Ray was talking about where he came from, and we've talked with, um, and he and I have talked about this, and uh, we've talked about it with the other, the Molly Maid owners and a lot of our franchisees. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes a good wisdom senior care franchisee? In other words, if I'm out there listening, what mm-hmm. what uh, skills, what features, you know, what attributes, that's a better word, what attributes mm-hmm. should I have to become a successful wisdom senior care Franchisee. Yeah, so, and that's a great question. We're really looking for people, first of all, who truly want to be a business owner. I always talk to people and tell them that there's so many different ways that you can start a business, and you first have to decide if you want to um, be an, uh, an entrepreneur or a business owner because there's a difference. A business owner wants to come into a system and learn how to develop a team so that they can work on their business and not in their business. So that's the one thing that we, as wisdom, we're looking for people who truly want to be a business owner, okay? That's the first thing. Some people ask us, oh, do I, I'm not a nurse. I'm not, I have no medical experience whatsoever. You don't need that. You know, our two um, our first two franchisees came into this with not even having any medical experience. They um, actually had experience directly having to take care of their parents. And due to that, they saw where a need was because they saw they had different people coming in and out of their home. Maybe there were some things they liked, some things they did not like. And that's how they started investigating this industry. 
So first of all, it can be just a desire to say, you know, I see there might be a challenge here. I want to make a difference in our local community. So having that desire to um, or passion to help the seniors. The other thing is growth um, job opportunities. Because when you come on as a wisdom business owner in your local area, you're going to be able to develop a lot of job opportunities for people that originally were not there. So those are, and a teachable spirit is another thing, you know, which um, someone who wants to come in and really they can add value to what we're already doing, but not coming in and wanting to change everything around. So they really need to be um, have a teachable spirit. Okay, and that's so, pretty much the, the main things that we're looking for in a business owner. So you don't necessarily – so I got two – or I want to confirm mm-hmm. one thing. You don't yes. need to have – be an RN or um, – Nope. A, but it, that's not a bad thing, being an RN. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad, but you know what I have found out sometimes is that, um, you know, I use the key term working in your business versus working on your business, and I can speak to this because that was an obstacle I had to overcome because I was a registered nurse. I like that direct care, taking care of that client. So as I had to really learn how to turn off the switch or turn it on and truly learn how to operate the business portion of it, you know. And so if a person is able to make that change, and it can be done because I've proven it can be done, but it, it can be a challenge. And if a person is not willing to really submit and learn, it will be really a hard challenge for them. Now, Somebody who has some business experience, maybe they've done a lot of different type businesses before, they will have be really good at, you know, the business aspect. They just can hire or develop a team support to help with the direct care piece. So, Paula, if you're listening, I'll connect you if you're finally ready to do things smart. Um, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so then, my my next question is: you, you hit that dichotomy between you said the there's the entrepreneurs and then there's yes. who, those who want to own a business. Um, yes. Which are you? Oh my gosh! You know, I, I when I first started off, I was really an entrepreneur. And I was there, and, and still am very creative, just love to create things. But you know what I learned? Entrepreneurs will burn out because what you do is you are trying to do everything. You're the jack of all trades, right? A business owner is really going to develop a team of people. You're going to, have, you're going to train people. So in a year, two years, five years, whatever your um, plans may be, your operation, your business continues to grow without you actually being there. And really, if we think about it, I know for myself, that's really where I want to be. I want to be able to edify, build other people up, allow them an opportunity to grow. And when I'm not needed, then that means I've done a great job, and then I can go and maybe visit some islands and fly around in the dock or something like that. Start a radio show? Never mind. Go ahead, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the company. Can so those are radio shows. Never mind. So, 
those, those, ahead, those very words were uh, asked to me when I was looking for a franchise. Do you want to work in the franchise or on the franchise? Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, I'm, I'm looking at mechanical things, you know, automotive or mm-hmm. electronics or something like this. And, and I was mm-hmm. approached with the Molly made concept. I said, look, I'm not interested in cleaning, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then, then they asked me the question, you know, on or in? Yeah. I said, well, yeah. you know what? That makes sense because mm-hmm. now if you work on the business, you're able to help it grow. Because yes. if you're working in the business, you can't see the forest through the trees. You yeah. really can't. Uh, even if you grow a little bit, you can't grow like you can if you can look down at the big picture. And, and that's so it, true. Yeah, that's, it, 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 it works great. It works great yeah. to be able to work on the business. So yeah. I'd rather and work you know, on the toilet than in the toilet. Yeah, I, I <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> you you pet it so eloquently, you know. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I love this show. I really do. I really do. But there are so many people that really have a challenging time with that. And if you look at businesses that people end up closing up, the other thing is building a legacy built um, business. You know, in the franchise system, I was excited to see how many second and third generations are coming into the business, right? And I think that's a legacy-type platform that, you know, we truly want to leave something for the next generation. What a great way to do that through this franchising system. We're already setting them up for um, great growth opportunity, you know. So, um, that's right. so that's, that's what right. really excited me about the franchising aspect. Definitely, I uh, I have a, a legacy I can leave to my children. I have uh, two boys. Mm-hmm. One is not in the business, but his wife is. So my daughter-in-law works in the business with me, and my mm-hmm. other son. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I feel awesome. very blessed in, in, in being able to give them that opportunity. And what they do with it when I'm gone is up to them. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But uh, they never hopefully leave they it. carry it on. <laughs> never right. leave you, you've done your part, though, at that point. You left them That's the right. opportunity, right? You've left them the opportunity. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, we have our girls um, working with, um, with me at, in the business as well. Um, actually training in different aspects of the business and learning um, what things need to be done. And I think it's just so important if people do have children and that they do, if they choose to, give them that opportunity to be able to develop and to grow. Right. Yep. I'd love to have my daughter work in the business. But she said, Dad, I'm not going to stop teaching until I'm done having kids. Three months off each year, much easier to have kids that way. <laughs> I couldn't argue with the logic. It's like she had me there. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, that, that I can't deal with. So, yeah, what's good? So let me ask don't, you don't about – go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Don't you think it's, it's, it's interesting because not everybody is meant to um, be in business. And I think it's great that people can recognize that and understand that, 
You know, when you choose to go into business, you are sacrificing some things to be able to, to make it truly work. And when you reach those plateaus, it's really great. But what happens when there comes the, the downtime, right, or so the not-so-high plateaus? You know, you still have to have that dream and that push and that persistence mm-hmm. not to give up so you can reach the next, next plateau. And not everyone is um, built or meant to do that, and that's okay, you know, but as long as people know that there are options out there. Oh, I agree with you, and then, like I said, I had to, at that point, she hit me with logic, and and yeah. you hit me with logic, I can't argue that. Um, That's right. I call what mm-hmm. you just said being too stupid to quit, um, and I'm usually too <laughs> stupid to quit. Um, yeah, most of it, that's true. Well, I, I heard a better term. There's a wall. I, someone on, on the show used the term fire in the belly, and yeah. I, I think uh, a, a good business like owner – yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love that term because you have that yes. desire, that push to continue on mm-hmm. knowing that it's not just you that fails, it's all your employees, all yes. your family mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. You're, you're letting down. And you have this yes. big, you can call it a burden, but it's not really a burden, but you know you're mm-hmm. going to let a lot of people down if things don't go well. Mhm. Yeah. And you know, some people don't want to take on that responsibility, right? And people should not have a false impression as they're looking into franchising. One thing that franchising will do is you have it surrounds you with bigger um, support systems, support persons in place. But um, when you're out there by yourself as a sole proprietor, it's only you. And that's where so many people find themselves going out of business pretty quickly because they don't have that support system there. And and that's what makes franchising so great because not only do you have the corporate uh, support system, but you have other franchises that, you know, are doing the same thing. And it doesn't have to be the same uh, franchise. Other business owners, other business owners with the same type of franchise can help you and, and, you know, in, when things go bad, you're not up against a brick wall. You can talk That's to right. so many different people. A- absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Brick walls? Those things you go over, around, under, or through, I thought. <laughs> you need a brick wall in order to make an opening. Sorry, never mind. Yeah, we don't want to talk politics on this show, Fred, so don't no, talk I about wasn't walls. politics. No. I wasn't talking politics. God forbid I do that. This is not the pillars of of discord. This is the pillars of franchising. We look to be uh, constructive. Yeah, that's it. Um, So in this little break, and we'll we'll pay some more bills, I want to tell the people that keep popping in, and wow, there's a – this gets better and better. All you folks listening on the site, come on, chat. Because I can see you hanging out there, um, so be sure to chat, you, or you can dial yeah. in at three two three five eight zero five seven five five. That's three two three five eight zero five seven five five. And now a word from another sponsor. Are you thinking about opening a business? Whether you're in transition from a corporate job, looking to generate investment income, add to your existing business, or just too young to retire. Come to the Great American Franchise Expo and explore your options. 
Meet face-to-face with dozens of franchise executives representing dozens of quality brands. A wide range of price points and ownership models are available. Attend our free seminars on accounting, real estate, and marketing. Franchise law experts will be there to answer your questions, and banks are on hand to discuss loans and financing. The first 100 attendees will receive free VR goggles. For free tickets, visit www.franexpousa.com. The Great American Franchise Expo, coming to a city near you in 2019. Check our website for schedules. Thanks, Abel. The next uh, Great American Franchise Expo is this weekend at the Charlotte Convention Center in Charlotte. Uh, It'll be on April 13th and 14th. And then the following one is in Atlanta at the Cobb Galleria, May 18th and 19th. Um, And as Abel said, you can find them on franexpousa.com. Will you be there, uh, Carolyn? Not at that one, no. We won't be at the one in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. All right, so you are at the one in Charlotte. No, we won't be at the one in Charlotte. We're um, looking at the one in um, Atlanta. Ah, so hopefully, folks, if everyone emails Carolyn or uh, shares out the um, the show post in social media, you can meet uh, Carolyn in, in Atlanta, although I'd rather go to Charlotte. Yeah. That's just me. Um, <laughs> so question I got for you is um, – yeah. What would you say is uh, distinctive about your corporate culture? Wow, that's a really good question. And, you know, that um, a culture is very important for anyone, especially when you're going to look at investing in um, monies and time with a um, family. And that's what we call our business owners. Um, it's more like um, a family that we truly come together and we work and we learn from one another. We hold each other accountable. And we also um, are very um, persistent on making sure that our business owners are truly business owners. And I I can't say that um, over enough because we know how important it is to help them really learn how to develop teams of people to help support them. So I think you would find our culture very diverse. It's very inclusive. You know, we are um, just looking for those like-minded people that really, truly want to grow a business in their local area. Awesome. Ray, what you got? Well, I was going to ask actually a similar question uh, regarding culture because I, I, I know that culture is important in any, any yes. business. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most important key to success, to have a good culture uh, because mm-hmm. obviously you're going to lose not only uh, clients but employees if you don't have a, a sustaining culture in your business. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine in senior care, this is especially important. And uh, have you have you have a method for finding people with uh, you know good emotional skills and able to mm-hmm. deal with a, a, a range of uh, you know 
problems that older people have? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And, you know, even with our business owners, when we're looking at bringing people into our family of um, franchise owners, we look. We have a set of core values that we center everything around, and we have a way of being able to assure that the people we're looking at that they um, really can fit into those core values. They don't have. We have five core values now. They may only um, fit into three of them, but they it still can work. And we do the same thing, not just with our business owners, but all the way to the caregivers that we're bringing on to the team. These same core values are used throughout the culture of our business. So we, we go through, even from the time that someone calls and they're starting to inquire about whether or not Wisdom Business Owners is a, is a franchise they want to look at, we start looking at the core values and seeing if we can move to the next level with that. Excellent. Yep. That's so important. Fred? So um, I, I, will, I will make this my last question. Where is wisdom going to be? Where do you see um, wisdom being in In five years? Wow, that's a great question for wisdom. You know, I have really big, I have a group, a team with me, so it's not just me by myself. And all, everyone that's part of this team is very passionate about what um, wisdom is about. So I really see us in five years having at least 500 units in throughout the um, um, United States, at least 500 units. All right. So I'm before, before, um, sorry, I was kind of distracted there because somebody chatted and want okay. to give a oh, shout good. out to shout out to Joyce in North Carolina. And she said, great interview. I've used the services of wisdom for my mom and they are amazing. So, Yay. <laughs> I think that's great. You know, <laughs> when we we hear feedback like that, where people who truly have experienced this type of um, of um, service, and if you don't mind me saying, I do know who Joyce is, and she's actually a potential um, franchise, new franchise. Um, e that's looking at getting started with um, with some business owners, and you see how she actually had the actual experience of wisdom providing service to her to her parents. So um, that's too another way that people come and they get involved. I was going to say. You need to find Joyce and give her 50 bucks if nothing else, because that's a not getting testimonials on the show. I'm sorry. How many people? That's a. That rocks. Yeah. Yeah, that, that does. Great. Yeah. All right. This is for Carolyn and Joyce. Okay. And you didn't even have to say the magic word there. Wow. 
that rock. <laughs> Ray, you you want to ask your last question? I I do. Uh, I, I have actually two questions. Let's 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 start yeah. with you know. Uh, I talk to a lot of business owners, and they say, "Well, I could write a book," <laughs> and so many of the different things that happen. So, you uh, can you uh, maybe tell us something that's funny that happened to you, or some or you know some situation that you think is interesting, and uh, and then after that. Uh, let us know how people can get a hold of you. Okay. You know, and that's interesting. I was um kid on the team. I don't think I'm the funny one on our team <laughs> to come up with um, different things. But, you know, when you do you, – I've been providing home care service for over 15 years, so I would say I probably have ran into so many different um, experiences. But I, I would say that when you talk about a book, um, or writing something, I think that it's so important for people who truly, so I'm more serious, so I do apologize if this doesn't come out funny, but truly on my heart is for people who really are business owned. They want to be a business owner, but there's something that's holding them back, and um, they're always saying, I wish, I wish, what could I do? And they're afraid to take the steps. So when you said about a book, I was thinking, and, and I've stated that that's going to be my first book that I have that comes out. And the title is that the title will be um, Taking That First Step because that's the first key for anybody who um, wants to, or they have a dream inside of them. I always look at things like um, what if, I was on my deathbed. I'd never want to have to go back and say, what if, what if. So what's the worst thing that could happen, right? That's how I look at things, and then I'll be able to um, actually move forward. But um, I think, too, to answer another part of your question, um, I think what has been interesting to me is how many people do not know that franchising is out there for them. And with you guys having a platform like you do, I think it's great getting the word out, even though you don't think you're educating people in a really great way to um, help them um, see that franchising could be the support that they need so that they could be successful a lot quicker and a lot longer with joining forces with someone. So I really appreciate what you both do and by you putting this platform together. Um, I would suggest that if anybody is actually um, thinking about going into a franchise system, they should really do like a self-check of themselves and just look at what is, what is really important to them and then look at what is their potential, what are they really good at. You know, there's a term people use called a SWAT, and they can look at what is their strengths, what's their weaknesses, what are some opportunities, some threats, you know. That way they can really know what maybe they would be fitted for. And then just what do they have a passion for? Because everyone has some type of passion, but we just need to really take time and look at what that passion is. And where do they want to live? Like what, the, what would their life look like if money was not an option? What would they want their life to look like? Look, look like? And then look at, and I know this is where your next guest will come in, is for the capital investment, you know, that 
would be the next thing for them to be able to look at is, of course, because everything, it costs you to come into a system, right? So that would be some things that I would suggest for anyone who is um, really anticipating, thinking about looking at buying into a franchise. Those are some steps they could um, actually take. And to be able to reach me if you have questions or you want to just make a comment, you can email me at carolyn at wisdomseniorcare.com. You can also visit our website, which is www.wisdomseniorcare.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn, Carolyn Thurston. Um, So you can find me there or Twitter at wisdom7health is another platform. And if you didn't get that, folks, look on the pillars of franchising because most of that stuff is on her bio page. And I told you at IFA you needed to read a book. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right, Ray. So let's bring our wandering our wandering Holly on. Holly, are you around? Are you there, Holly? Yeah, maybe not. Okay. Well, that's all right. Then let's bring our next guest on. Okay, Ray? Sounds good to me. And who's our next guest? Kelly Kruger of Funding and Financing for Franchises. Welcome, Kelly. How are you? I'm doing great, Ray. How are you? Great. One of the first things... Uh, Fred always forgets to ask, so I'm going to ask you, where are you and what's the weather like out there? Well, it's funny because even if you didn't ask, I was going to answer because when he was asking you about the cyclone that was, you know, did you get hit by that cyclone coming from the west, I'm in Michigan. We're actually headquartered out of the Fort Worth area, but I work remotely from Michigan. And my parents, yesterday, I'm on the east side of the state. My parents are on the west side over on Lake Michigan. And yesterday they were talking about that big, you know, front that's supposed to come from out west. I'm like, who cares? It's out west. Like, who cares? And then I woke up to about an inch of snow this morning, and now I care. So I uh, I really, it's it's melted. I mean, it melted very, very fast, but it was really significant, and it was psychologically damaging to see snow. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So you got uh, but you got you got to love the weather. <laughs> you don't have a choice but to love it. <laughs> that's 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 right. Um. <laughs> All right. So before I go with my next question, I'm going to say, Holly, are you there? I am here, Fred. <laughs> Finally. Sorry about that. <laughs> Our wandering Holly is here. Okay. So. Since Ray caught Kelly with the question, I'll ask you, where are you? What's the weather like? Oh, you know, I'm geeking on this. Okay, so I am in California, leaning against a palm tree, with uh, looking at some amazing franchises with the St. Gregory Group uh, out here and having a really good time being, uh, being shown some really good concepts that we can always talk about in a future episode. But it's sunny and, I don't know, 70, I guess. This is what you live with, Fred, every day. That's what I live with every day. It's rough to be me. <laughs> so, Hi, Kelly. Boring. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Holly. 
I'll let you ask Kelly the first question or the second question. Why you got to be mean like that and talk about being out in California? Yeah, well, Kelly, you deserve it. You know, I don't know why you do, but you just do, okay? (laughs) So, hey, Kelly, I I, I have a a question to start you off, and and I I just, you know, uh, I, I have to, I'll share with our audience, I have had the pleasure, absolute pleasure of working with Kelly uh, we have worked on you know a few deals together. Um, she is she's just amazing at what she does. She's super knowledgeable. She uh, works well with the clients. She's very very fast, and she's got an A team. I felt like um, I, I felt like the royal princess when I deliver a client to her because she's on it within hours, and she really takes care of these clients. And it doesn't matter even if it's not in her wheelhouse. She'll find you an answer. She'll find you someone and can really deliver um, answers and pre-approvals, you know, literally. We had one same day, wasn't it, Kelly? Uh, Yeah, yeah, that one we had to move some mountains to get it quickly, but you needed it quickly, and thankfully everything came together at the right time so that we were able to deliver you what you needed. I I can't swear that I can always make that happen, but the universe was working for us that day for sure. (laughs) It sure was, it sure was. (laughs) Okay, I I didn't hear a question there. I'm getting there, Fred. <laughs> he's so I come out in the sunny climate and I'm all happy, and then he just gets in there, you know. Um, hey, Fred, you just let her talk about how great I'm at, I am. Just you stop <laughs> interrupting. Yeah. So then we're going to have to claim she's. Then we're going to have to claim she's. Yeah. See, this is what happens Sorry. when people come to California. They're they're. Their brains bake from the sun, and they just kind of lose it. Go ahead. Ask the question. Oh, you stop. I'm going to send you a picture of the sunrise I saw this morning. I've never seen that in my whole life. So, yeah, I live in Cincinnati, right? Anyway, Kelly, so, hey, honey, you do a great, great job, obviously, in, in helping clients in every area. But I have just a very specific question about the robust action, the rollover um, that you are actually the specialist in. And, and my question to you is, this year I've heard that there's been some changes to um, all of these parameters and whatnot. How has that affected you? How has that affected your clients? And can you tell us a little bit about what the program um, is like right now? Um, well, the changes I think you might be referring to are, are more maybe on the uh, – we had some issues with SBA there with government shutdowns and stuff, but and, – and thankfully we worked through that, so it really isn't an obstacle at this point. But regarding the, the ROBS plan, and that stands for, you know, Rollover for Business Startup, for anybody who might not be familiar with that, um, that there, there really hasn't been any changes – to that, and there and there typically aren't. I mean, I've been at Tenant Financial Group. I'm coming up on my eight-year anniversary here in the next couple of weeks. So, um, it's it, it it really hasn't changed. But if you you know, I can certainly go into talking about kind of you know what it looks like and how it works because I would imagine that most of the people listening today really have no idea what we're talking about or that it even exists. Um, so yeah, that would be that would be fantastic <laughs> for you to just kind of share share with uh, the, the the listeners why there's such a value in this program um, from a tax perspective and also from you know just the ease and, and quickness of closing closing a deal. Um, so the 
the Rob's plan, rollover for business startup. We also call it the 401k IRA rollover. There's a lot of different names for it, but the gist of it is that people can use their pre-tax retirement dollars, like 401ks, IRAs, pensions, thrift savings plan, you know, which is like the TSP, for the military version of the 401k. You can use pre-tax retirement dollars and roll those into your business and use those funds to capitalize your business without actually having to take an early distribution and pay taxes and penalties on that money. So, again, most people have no idea you can do it, and there's even a lot of CPAs and attorneys that have no idea this can be done, but it's huge in the franchise industry. I would bet, I'm guessing, and Holly, you might have a guess on this too, I bet you this is done probably four or 5,000 times a year in the franchise industry, but outside mm-hmm. of franchising, it seems to be a well-kept secret. And It is. You know, it's a... It's it's a shame that more people don't know about it, but thankfully the franchise industry does because it allows people to get into business when they might not otherwise be able to get the funds to you know to start a business. So how it works is and there's a ton of background noise. I don't know if anybody else is hearing that, but I'm hearing a ton of noise in the background, and I, I suspect it's coming from Holly. Yes. <laughs> It wasn't there before Holly. Sorry, Holly. But um, but the gist of how it works is we, we set up a corporation for the client, and if they're going to use the retirement funds like this, we have to do it with a C corporation. The IRS won't let us do it with an LLC or an S corp. It has to be a C corp. Um, so we set up the corporation, and then we open up a new 401K plan for the corporation and we typically open those at either like charles schwab or fidelity so it's a very mainstream 401k once we get the new 401k open then we work with the client to roll their funds from wherever they currently are let's say they have a 401k and an ira maybe at merrill lynch for instance then we roll that over to the new 401k for the business at fidelity and then once that money's in that new 401k That client still has every single investment option available to them that Fidelity has on its platform. So we're used to investing in Wall Street companies with our retirement funds, right? We buy stock in Coca-Cola, Amazon, Facebook, um, IBM. They can still do that, but what they invest in instead is their new company. So through this structure, their company basically is selling its own company stock to its 401k plan. So that's why we're able to do this without incurring taxes and penalties that you normally would if you were to take an early distribution because the IRS is not looking at it as a distribution. Your company simply sold its stock to your 401k plan instead of selling to another investor. You sold to your 401k, and it's through that stock sale that we're able to transfer the money from the 401k to the client's corporate checking account. And they can open their corporate checking account at any bank or credit union that they want to. Once those funds are in that corporate checking account, now it's liquid capital that that business has acquired through the sale of its stock, and that money can be used for absolutely any business expenses. So at that point, you know, and and we mostly work in the franchise industry, not completely, we can work with anybody, but most of our 
clients are franchising. So at that point, they use that money to pay the franchise fee. They can use it to pay themselves a salary, which is huge because many people have that that issue that you know they might be leaving corporate America to start a business or they might be in between jobs and and part of the hurdle that they are up against in starting a business is how am I going to pay myself what am I going to do while this business is ramping up and I need to pay my you know personal expenses so they can use it to pay themselves salary um, lease a space buy equipment and they can even use it in combination with other types of funding like an SBA loan you know, when we talk about SBA loans, and we're not there yet, but, you know, every type of SBA loan requires some type of cash injection from the client. Not everybody has that money sitting in the bank. So they can use the retirement accounts through a rollover like this to get to, um, towards that cash injection that the bank requires. So it's it's really, it's it's very unique, but it's not new. It's been legal since 1974, um, and and people, like I said, you can use almost any type of pre-tax account. Um, we can't use Roths because those are after tax, and we can't use inherited IRAs. Uh, but other than that, you know, we can use just about any type of pre-tax account. It's pretty cool. So the only caveat is it has to be a C corp. It does. Yep. At least initially, you know, at some point, if somebody wants to to reverse the structure and change their entity to maybe an uh, S-Corp if it suits them better for tax purposes, then their corporation can redeem or buy back that stock that it sold the 401k plan. And, you know, the only reason they have to be a C-corporation is because the 401k owns stock in the company. If at any point they've redeemed all that and the 401k no longer has ownership in the company, then they can revoke that C-Corp election and they can change their entity to an S-Corp or something if it suits them better. Wow, I really wish that was around, or I knew about it when I started my business 15 years ago, because that certainly would have well, helped. I, I took the hit. I took the hit on my 401k of 10%. And, you know, Ray, that's the worst phone call I get, and, and I I get it more than I'd like that, yes, I wish I would have known about you sooner because – uh, yeah. A lot of people do take that hit. Wow. That's, and this is called uh, ROBS, is that correct? For, yep, uh, R-O-B-S, ro- which is really for- a terrible <laughs> rollover <laughs> for business startup. It's a terrible acronym. We try not to use it because it just has, you know, a negative connotation when you say it. But, but yes, it stands for rollover for business startup. Wow. That is and, fantastic. That's that's. Uh, on this show, I've learned about so many different ways of funding, and uh, you know, I, I think it, uh, if there's one reason to listen to this show, it is for uh, different ways of funding uh, uh, your, your franchise, and it, this is really fantastic. And here I thought it was Red? for your and my humor. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I no, will say... Okay. I thought I was funny. Maybe not. Who knows? Oh, That's well. probably um, why it started. And then just out of that, you actually started, you know, helping people and and educating them in different areas. So I will tell you, um, people who are listening are, are saying that you're giving out power information um, that a lot of people 
who are blind in about investing to start their own business. And uh, at least one of our listeners thinks you're a jewel. Um, and it's amazing how we need to educate people. So, wow, we're really rocking on the, the comments today. Keep it up, folks. I, I love it uh, from the, the live chat, even though the ringing bell in my ear when it happens kind of freaks me out. Um, <laughs> so, so, go ahead, Ray. We, we, t- uh, we talked a little bit of, about ROBS, but what are some of the other methods of, of funding that uh, are available to potential uh, buyers of a franchise? You know, there's there's really some, there's more than people might think, and there's creative ways, which that really is the most creative is the ROBS plan, but, but there are some creative things out there. And, um, and you know, I think one of the biggest misconceptions that people have is that, you know, starting their own business is unattainable to them because they don't, they're not already wealthy and they don't have a, maybe a huge fat bank account or they don't have collateral to put up for a loan or something. And, and um, they look at these businesses and they think it just costs so much money to start them. And sure, some of them are really expensive to start, but, but there's a lot of businesses. And I think Molly made a prime example um, and Holly and I have been working on, on a couple of those just here recently that, you know, it's, it's very reasonable to get into a Molly made and there's a lot of different ways that you can fund a business. Um, the, the most common that we see in the franchise industry, at least are, are the Rob's plan and SBA loans. Um, but, but there's, you know, there's other types of things too, like unsecured lines of credit, which, Honestly, in this industry, when we use the term unsecured lines of credit, it's really just a fancy name for 0% interest credit cards. But it's it's a very viable option for some people that might not have other options. Um, we've got term loans, which can be easier to qualify for than SBA because you don't have to have any collateral. You don't have to have a cash injection. Uh, you just have to show at least $50,000 in income. Um, the rates are usually a little high and can be unattractive because you don't have to have collateral or cash injection. But there's a you know a lot of different things out there that people people aren't aware of. But really, the two biggest ways and equipment leasing that's a, that's another one that people people don't always think about. But really, the two biggest ways that people are funding, I think, are SBA loans and Rob's plan, and 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 very often a combination of the two. So uh, we're going to pay some bills here, and then we'll bring <laughs> Kelly in for our next question. And uh, tell everyone on the, the website, thanks for chatting. Man, you're making my day. Like I said, even though you're freaking me out with the ringing bell, um, well, I want to remind people that they can call in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. And, yes, they, I do get freaked out from time to time also. And now a word from Nick. Ever wonder how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The Franchise Consulting Company is a group of over a hundred franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of the Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. 
Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072. And as a quick note, you can also fill out the form we have on the pillarsoffranchising.com website and we can also get you the wonderful Franchise MBA. So, Holly, have you gotten to a safer area so you're not... <laughs> Ask away. All right. Name you chicken, but ask your question. I, yeah. Oh, so yeah, he's, uh, Kelly. I just, I really want to talk to you a little bit more about the about the Rob transaction. And when you get a claim, and how, what's the typical timeline for a close on something like that? And um, are are they able to keep any of that money in in their IRA, or do they need to liquidate it? Um, tell, tell us a little bit more. Oh, awesome, awesome question. So. It's a lot faster than you probably would think. Average turnaround for us from the time we start the process to the time the client's funds are available for them to start using for business, <clears throat> excuse me, business expenses in their corporate checking account usually is only three to four weeks. Um, occasionally it can That's take phenomenal. a little bit longer. And, you know, I've done it in fa- as fast as two weeks before, but, you know, those the the stars have to align just right for that. So, Usually it's only about three to four weeks, and that really surprises most people because, you know, with as complex as it sounds, you would expect that it'd be something that might take months like an SBA loan can, but it's it's really very, very fast. Um, and um, what was the second question? Oh, if you can use partial. So, yeah, yeah are they able to keep some money in there? Yeah, yep, and, you know, some I'll kind of – add on to that question, Holly, because we can use multiple accounts for multiple people and multiple types of accounts. And and so I'm going to give you an example of that is, you know, let's say a husband has a 401k and a wife has a an IRA. We can roll both of those into that new 401k and use both of those to capitalize the company. I have a uh, husband and wife right now they're rolling three accounts between the two of them and you know sometimes people will have a business partner that's not related that wants to roll funds in and use that instead of their cash so so i know that's not the question you asked but <laughs> i'm answering it anyways so you can that's use great multiple kinds. i had no idea yeah yeah um but you also you do not have to use all of it so Typically what happens is, you know, you you can use all of it. You know, there's no restrictions as far as, like, if you have a 401K through your job and you're trying to take a loan, usually you can borrow up to 50% of the value of that, not to exceed $50,000. There's no restrictions like that. So if your 401K or IRA is available for, uh, for this type of structure, you can use every single penny of it if you want, or you can use part of it. Um, you know, sometimes with a 401K, like we just ran into this today when we were trying to move one, they wouldn't allow us to just take part of that 401K. They said, no, you have to take all of it. Not a big deal. We just roll it over into an IRA, and then if they, let's say there's, you know, $100,000 in that and they want to use 75 for the business, then we roll 75 into the business and we leave the other 25 in the IRA. So, yes, you can do you can do partials or you can use it all. Um, and, and one thing to note, too, 
is um, because this is really important for people to know that I would say maybe seven out of ten times. One restriction is that if somebody's got a 401k that's tied to a current employer and they're not planning to leave that job before they start the business, seven out of ten times we can't we can't use it for a rollover. You usually have to separate from service or be 59 and a half or older before we can access that money. But not every single time. I'm finding it more common that people are allowed to do what's called an in-service distribution. And all that means is that their 401k plan will allow for them to, to roll over, to roll out some of that money into a new qualified plan like a 401k or IRA while they're still working there. So if I have somebody that I'm talking to that, that really wants to start a business but they can't afford to, you know, to quit their job right away, then I'll have them call that 401k plan administrator like Fidelity, Vanguard, whoever it is, and I'll have them ask, hey, does my 401k plan allow for an in-service distribution? And if the answer is yes, you want to ask them how much how much? Because sometimes you can take all of it, sometimes you can take part of it. But if the answer is yes, then then there's definitely a conversation to be had. But if they quit the job, you know, if or if it's an old 401k or sitting in an IRA or something, then um, then it's a whole different story. Then we don't have to ask those questions. We just know it's accessible. Ray, fantastic, Kelly. Appreciate I appreciate the details on that. I wasn't aware that you could combine the husband and wife's uh, IRAs. I think that's fantastic. Can uh, yeah? Can you with, with that with that combination? Um, is there any kind of um, a, a bridge loan or anything they could do um, as far as you know when they when they're doing construction build outs as you're as you're liquidating that to get things started or even maybe when they're still in with their company are they able to pull a, you know, a portion out of it um, ahead of time. I know you did just acknowledge that they could do a little bit of that on some situations, but are there are there anything that is there anything that the bank could do to do a bridge loan or something when somebody was uh, transitioning from that company into a business? Mm, that um, that that I'm a little bit lost on that question, to be quite honest, because you know it's other than then if they can take an in-service distribution and grab some before they quit, we've definitely had people do that where we'll go get 50 mm-hmm. now and then we'll get the other 50 after they quit, for instance. Um, okay. But other than something like that, I mean, once we have the money rolled over into the corporate checking account and it's accessible for use, then they could certainly use that as some type of bridge loan. But, but other than that, I'm not really, I'm not really coming up with anything necessarily. Unless I just didn't understand the question, and that's always a possibility too. <laughs> well, we'll bring her back because she's starting to get background noise, and so she's muted again. That is such <laughs> power. I love the feeling. Holly, out. Ray, you got a question? I sure do. I want to ask a question. We talked a lot about the possibilities of funding. What are some of the misconceptions out there that people have that? They think they can, you know, uh, do and, and they're not able to. I, I love that question because I, I think that it again, it's that they think that it's unattainable for them. They think that you have to have a lot of money to start a business, and that you know you have to put up 
all your assets as collateral and you have to have this big cash injection and perfect credit. And, you know, there's certain circumstances where, of course, that's the case. I mean, you know, you look at something like a Panera Bread or a McDonald's, yes, you've, you've, you've got to be pretty well off to, to start a franchise like that. But I think what a lot of people don't realize, and I was one of them, you know, prior to getting into the industry in 2011, I had no idea that most of the businesses that you drive past every day are franchises. I I thought that, you know, they were just mom and pop and boutiques and different things that people started their own businesses. Most of them are franchises. And you can get into some of these franchises you know, there's some, not a lot, but I mean, there's some that you can you can get into for thirty-five thousand dollars or sixty thousand dollars. There's definitely some that you can get into for under a hundred thousand or you know, one hundred to two hundred thousand, and it doesn't necessarily take you a lot of money out of your pocket to do that. So that's where I was saying, you know, there's different options that we have sometimes, and like. Um, when I was referencing Ray Molly Made, um, I I, I want to say that for many Molly Made franchisees that are that are trying to open a brand new location, I think you can do that. I w- and correct me if I'm wrong. I hope I'm not misstating it, but I want to say you can do that all in for maybe a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Is that is that sound about right? Do you think? Or uh, Molly I think you probably could, yeah. Needs yeah, yeah, yeah. It would certainly I, get you started. Yep. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it was. Ray's rule says you need at least double the amount to, uh, of cash to start, to buy a franchise that cost. That's well, Ray's rule. I, I think that's a great rule, honestly. You know, that takes me on a whole other tangent, but we always want to overcapitalize people when we can, you know, because there's a simple truth, and it sounds so ridiculously simple to say it, but there has never been in the history of businesses – there's never been a franchise or any business that failed because it had access to too much capital. Like, it can't happen, right? You just keep going and going and going and, and spending until you, you know, until you can't. So you, you can never have too much money, and you always want to have more than you think you're going to need because I promise you, you're always going to need it. You're always going to need more. Yep. So we try to overcapitalize people whenever we can, and we've got to – We've got a philosophy in the industry, take it while you can get it. Because, you know, for instance, if you're getting an SBA loan, they'll loan you as long as you meet the qualifications for credit and cash injection and things up front, they'll loan you to start the business. But once your business is moving along, if it's taking you a little longer to get off the ground than you think it's going to, um, if they see you struggling, there's no bank that's going to lend you any money. So, you know, that's the worst, worst thing, and I have seen it happen, unfortunately, where people, you know, they might just need five or six months' worth of more working capital just to kind of get over that hump to where they'd actually start cash flowing, and they started off too lean from the get-go. Now nobody will loan them, and they, they fail before they start. So you never, ever, ever want that. Um, but... But back to, you know, like getting into a Molly made, for instance, for $150,000. We've got, and, and, and not just us, I mean, there's SBA Express loans out there 
for they they cap out typically the express loans cap out at $150,000, but they are so much more easier to qualify for than than like a traditional 7A for a McDonald's or something. So, for instance, um, on a $150,000 express loan, the client needs a cash injection out of pocket of just shy of $17,000. It's a really funny number. It's like $16,666.66. So I don't really know how somebody came up with the percentage, but it's usually about roughly 11% of whatever they're borrowing. So on a $150,000 loan, they have to come to the table with just shy of $17,000. So we call it a cash injection or an equity injection. But, you know, for anybody listening, think of it as like a down payment on a mortgage. The bank wants to have – they want you to have a little bit of skin in the game too. So that's your skin in the game. But tell me that that's not less than what you would think. You know, people think they have to have hundreds of thousands of dollars. Would you expect that you could get a $150,000 loan for a Molly Maid with just $17,000 out of pocket? That's that's pretty awesome. And you, they do, you know, don't get me wrong, they have to have a little bit of cash backup. On this loan, they typically want to see that you have at least 20% of whatever dollar amount you're borrowing is cash backup. So on that $150,000 loan, they do want to see that you've got 30000 cash reserve somewhere, but on this particular loan, they're very lenient on where that cash is. It doesn't actually have to be cash sitting in the bank or stocks that can be easy, easily liquidated. They will count it if you have a 401K, even if it's tied to a current employer and you're not quitting that job. They'll count pensions and annuities and different things. So... Um, a lot of people meet that qualification, and you know they the credit scores have to be at least six eighty five or better that 's not bad either so you know it's I think that there i think there's a lot more people that could get into a small business than realize it and so that's i think the value i 'm going to give Holly here a little plug because you know she and I work real closely together and I work with a lot of consultants like her and that's the value that Holly and franchise consultants um, bring to bring to the table because they're able to you know work with people that aren't familiar with what's out there they don't have an idea I mean this is it's a vast vast industry and there's hundreds or thousands of different franchise opportunities so Holly can help you know, it's most people don't have any idea where to start when they want to start looking, and that's where Holly can say, okay, you know, get an idea of of what what their budget looks like. You know, or between Holly and I, we get an idea of really what the investment level should be. How much can you afford? How much do you have to spend? What's your cash injection look like? And then based on what they can afford and what their interests are and what kind of lifestyle they want, then she can start kind of pointing them in the direction of, hey, here's the things that fit what you're looking for and fit your criteria, as opposed to just going out on the Internet blind and not even knowing where to start. Okay. So excellent advice. I I do want to clarify something that uh, uh, has been repeated on the show a couple of times, and and 
I often say that, well, you should, uh, uh, whatever the franchise recommends, you should double it to have those funds. Uh, and that, that doesn't necessarily have to be liquid. It, it doesn't have Great. to be liquid funds that you have. You should have those uh, funds in, in the form of a loan that's available to you, a line of credit. Uh, because and, there, and there's two reasons you need that, and that's for economic downturns like we had 2008, 2009, and opportunities that come uh, maybe for territory expansion that all of a sudden will pop up and you just need a, a, you know, a little bit of cash uh, available to you to do that. And, and that's why it's so important to have these things lined up and ready to go. I, right. I honestly couldn't agree with you more. All right, so our wandering Holly uh, has has had to, <laughs> to disappear because background noise has just gotten too bad. Um, however, she wants to. She asked me to clarify for her: Is there a way that you can develop a bank relationship that technically collateralizes the IRA to and fronts the money to the buyer? to start things while they're still in transition from their job. In other words, can you get them the money in their hands while they're still working for the other company, even though they know that they're about to get toasted from the company and they want to buy a franchise? Well, that goes back to what I was explaining. It honestly just depends. I mean, you know, if if the only money they have to roll over is in a 401K that's tied to that employer – then it just depends on the 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 401k plan document itself. So that it's it's not it's not Fidelity or Vanguard that makes that decision necessarily. Every single 401k plan is governed by the 401k plan document. And so it just depends on how that 401k plan document is written. And if it will allow us to do an in-service and take some of that money while they're still working there, then absolutely or if um, if they let's say they let's even you know let's say we're not even touching that 401k yet that's tied to the employer, but maybe they have some IRA funds or an annuity or a pension or something else somewhere else, and they've got money in that that they want to use also. Let's say they've got a hundred thousand dollars in a IRA, we can roll that hundred thousand dollars into the new 401k and then invest that in the business, roll it into the corporate checking account. Now they've got $100,000 to start the project. Then when they quit that job a month later or six months later or a year later, you know, we can, we can bring that 401k and roll that over at a later date. It's not like this is a one and done. It's not like we just have a one shot to roll money into the business. We can add retirement accounts later so you know in that there's a lot of different scenarios where you might do it and one of them is what you just mentioned if somebody's quitting a job or one is what you were mentioning ray that you know what what if another opportunity comes up along the way and you want to expand or you want to start another location or even start a whole new separate franchise different from what you're doing and try to build yourself an empire you can always roll more retirement plan money into the business if you have it. So, Ray, when you're so when that gives you the opportunity to start a Wisdom Senior Care 
franchise. <laughs> That's Jason. right. It does. That's right. <laughs> we may have found Carol in our first Chicago um, <laughs> franchisee. Not bad. So I have another question for you, Kelly. Um, this one comes I'm from ready. one of our Why do you think attorneys are negative or uh, ignorant about using 401ks uh, to invest in a franchise? And that's thanks to Charles. Well, I um I honestly we I don't run into a lot of negativity from Fran or, or from attorneys with it. Um, oh, I, I think that. that I I think that it's more a fact of they're they're just not informed of it. This is a loophole in the tax code, and unless the and I'm going to throw CPAs in here also, unless the attorney or the CPA has had a client that has done this, then they just likely haven't come across it. It's not like we're all out here marketing to CPAs. We're marketing to the franchise industry as where the space that most of the companies that do what we do, we're mostly concentrated in the franchise industry, even though we can help anybody. It doesn't have to be a franchise, but that's where that's where we're marketing. So the franchise attorneys and the CPAs that work heavily in the franchise industry, they all know about this. But outside, I mean, if you just think about how many things there are for for those specialties to know, it's, you know, it, it's just, it's a little loophole that, that they're not familiar with unless they've come across it before. Um, I do see some negativity for sure sometimes from, from CPAs, attorneys, or financial advisors, there's definitely some negativity out of there or out there. But, but quite frankly, I think usually it just comes because they're not educated about the process. Most people, we've all been taught that you never touch your retirement account. That's the hard and fast rule that we've been taught since we were little: never touch your retirement account. So people instantly go there, and since they don't know that this can be done, when you start talking about using your 401k. They instantly think that you have to take a, that you're planning on taking a distribution and getting hit with taxes and penalties. So, typically, once people are educated about how it works, including financial advisors, CPAs, and attorneys, rarely do they have an issue with it. That's not to say, I mean, some of them still do. They don't care for it, um, but that's. I think it's typically just because they're really not informed about it. But we, we really, you know, to take that one step further, we really do our best to educate them. We're, we're familiar with the fact that many of them maybe haven't come across this, so we've got literature designed that the client can, can pass along to their attorney and their CPA, and they will tell them right where to go in the tax code to find the exemption that makes this possible. We don't want you to just take our word for it. You know, we're a voice over the phone, and we get that. So... We'll tell you right where to go to find the exemption in the tax code that makes this doable. We lay out the rules and the regulations that need to be strictly adhered to with the IRS because, I mean, there's definitely, we've, we've got to cross every T and dot every I, but we take it super, super seriously, and we make every single client that we have have a CPA um, that we can work with and capitalize the business and that understands what we're doing. So we're really very transparent about it because, you know, and, and, and Carolyn and Ray and Fred, you guys will all appreciate what I'm about to say as business owners that, you know, when you're starting a business, you're building a team of professionals 
and you've got that attorney and that CPA and your financial person, and you've got this trusted team of advisors, and everybody has to be on the same page and be working together. So, so we truly want. What's that? Go ahead. I was going to say. Is oh, that I was just going to say we truly want. Every, go ahead. Sorry, go. you go. <laughs> go ahead. Come we, on, bring it. We really want everybody to be comfortable and confident if they do work with us. So that's where, you know, anybody that they want us to talk to, it's not uncommon for us to have conference calls with the client, their CPA, their attorney, and even if there's SBA loans involved, we've got the the SBA lenders on the phone. I mean, I've done conference calls with eight different people before just to make sure everybody's on the same page. So is the material you give the people to share with their CPAs and their lawyers in the shape of a baseball bat? Never mind. Um, Ray, why don't you ask your last question since you're better at it than I am? No, uh, sure. I I think there's a lot of people that are saying, well, how do I get a hold of Kelly? So, Kelly, tell us, how do they get a hold of you so they can get this financing? The two easiest ways to get a hold of me, the fastest way usually to get a response, honestly, is via email because I'm, I live on my computer, and I am on the phone all day long, every day. So, you know, if you call me, you're very likely to get voicemail. I will definitely call you back, and I'll call you back within 24 hours. But, um, but email, sometimes you can get a little bit faster response from me, and my email is kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at tenantfinancialgroup.com. And tenant is spelled T-E-N-E-T. So Kelly at tenantfinancialgroup.com. And my direct office line is 810-584-7255. 810-584-7255. And that rings right to me. Okay, so now we're going to... And, of course, do all your- this information is on the Pillars of Franchising webpage. Right, Fred? Amen to that. Right. Amen to that. You beat me to it. So at this point, what we're going to do is we're going to run one, one more commercial. We're going to bring Carolyn back, and then we're going to, even though we've lost Holly, so we won't have our, our co-host to woman explain us um, their answers to us, we're going to ask some women in franchising questions. So first, a word from our last sponsor. Zarian Firm International Business Brokers is truly unique in the business resale space. While the average business broker uses one standard multiplier across all businesses and industries to value a business, Zarian Firm is the only business brokerage that looks at the five factors of distinction in each individual business. This gives our sellers a true value and our buyers a fair price. Zarian offers sellers the choice of three marketing packages based on how quickly they want to sell their business but all of our businesses sell 33% faster than the industry norm. Zarian Firm International Business Brokers connects premium investors with validated business opportunities. Gotta love that, that that music. So we're we're bringing Carolyn back on. Carolyn, you there? I'm here. 
All right. And Kelly, you're here? I'm here. Ray, you're here. <laughs> yeah, so's my dog. Well, <laughs> I'm going to mute myself. Go ahead. I'm glad Pillars is around. Uh, I'm sad we missed Lost Franchising, but Pillars is around. So, All right. So now um, I love this show. Anyways, so my, my first women in franchising uh, question, and I'll ask Carolyn uh, uh, this first. What's the weirdest experience you've had as a woman in franchising? Hmm. The weirdest experience. Um, sounds like I have an echo. I'm not sure. Okay. The, I'll try to ignore it. The, the weirdest you know what? Experience. Let me take my headset off and see if it helps you, Carolyn. Okay. See if that helps. Okay. Yes, it does. A little bit. Um, but anyway, I go for My weirdest experience has been when I've, um, if we're talking about my business and someone approaches us, they immediately go toward my husband mm-hmm. and think that he's the franchise door. So I would think that's probably the weirdest thing that's occurred. <laughs> Okay, in my defense, he walked up to me first. You didn't walk up until later, so I'm sorry. (laughs) Kelly, what about you? You know, I I used to sell drugs, so my legal ones. I was a pharmaceutical rep for for like 14 years before I got into finance and so honestly, you know, is a is a drug rep calling on physicians and stuff. Those really are where my weird stories come from. I thankfully haven't really had any bizarre stories in franchising, except maybe the fact that, you know, living coming from from Michigan, and you know, I'm from a small town in Michigan. I'm near Flint now, but um, you, we we don't see a lot of crazy bizarre things necessarily when you when you live in Brooklyn, Michigan, and um, some of the places that we've traveled to, like New York City, I really wasn't prepared in Times Square to see naked ladies with nothing but, like, you know, the American flag painted over their privates. So, you know, I've seen some crazy things in franchising, but I can't say that I've really had anything crazy happen to me, thankfully. Ray, you got a woman in franchising question? I don't. I don't. Okay. Then my my. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll end the show um, as with a, what I'll call my Addison questions. Um, my, my granddaughter is, is 18, 18 months old, and um, she's about to be a big sister, and she's the apple of my eye. The, the you know she's got me wrapped around her fingers. And this is why I, I, I do this. So, Carolyn, what advice for life would you give my granddaughter? I would tell her that no matter what her dream is, don't let anyone turn her away. Um, Increase her faith each day and stay persistent. And really continue to look for leadership, um, people that that can actually mentor her. And I think that's the biggest thing is just never quit. Never give up, never surrender. I love it. 
I agree. Kelly, what about you? I've got two, and I kind of can't decide between them, so I just might give them to you both because one came from my mom and one came from my dad. So uh, my mom used to tell me all the time, and because, you know, we live in a world where, you, you know, bullying is a very big, real thing, and hopefully your granddaughter's never experienced that. But I used to come home crying a lot, and, you know, kids could be mean, and um, and. At one point she said, you know what, sweetheart, and and I don't know why this really stayed with me. Of all the things that your parents say, most of it goes in and out, but but this really, it worked for me, and it resonated with me, and I got it, and it helped. But I was really struggling with bullying and different things, and she said, you know, sweetheart, she goes, I know that this feels like your life right now, and I was maybe 10 years old. I know this feels like it's your world, and it feels like it's going to, you know, impact the rest of your life, but I promise you your life has not even begun yet. It really doesn't begin until you get out of high school. And the stuff that you think matters right now, someday you're going to look back on it and it's going to be so irrelevant. And, and I don't know why, but that that really, I believed her, and it really helped me get through. And then fast forward maybe, you know, 20 years later when I have my first pharmaceutical job and I'm overwhelmed and I'm crying every day, because I'm completely stressed out and over my head and working 78 hours a week and feel like a completely, complete fish out of water, my dad finally said, quit your sniveling. He goes, it is not supposed to be easy, Kelly. He said, if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. It's not supposed to be easy. So just quit your sniveling, put your boots on. He goes, and I promise you, if you continue to work as hard as you're working, if you put in the time, you put in the work, he goes, you will be successful. You just keep doing what you're doing. You know, um, it is, and, and the only problem I ever had with that advice was I give my daughter some some advice like that and said, somebody's bothering you, knock them on their can. And I don't know, it wasn't too long after that, I got a call from uh, her mom going, did you tell our daughter this? And why? She says, well, I was in the principal's office recently. Um, our daughter did this, and, and um, everyone's freaking out, and she started crying and saying, but Dad, do it. I was just doing what Dad told me. Like, okay, so I had to offend that go ask a teacher for help and then knock them on their ass. So with that, 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 um, that, I will ask one more, or my final, final, final question. Carolyn. What's your last advice to somebody uh, thinking about buying a franchise? My last advice would be to get around the industry. If you're looking at a senior care, home care industry, start getting around those potential ones you're looking at. Uh, Be able to call, ask some questions be able to talk to some of the franchisees, just educate yourself and um, take a step. Don't allow fear to hold you back. Did Ray pay you to say that? Never mind. Ah, okay. <laughs> Sounds seriously like one of Ray's rules. Hmm. <laughs> There's a reason why I call Ray's yeah. rules. Kelly, what's your uh, last advice to people out there looking to buy a franchise? Uh, I I think it'd be similar to what I actually already said to 
to engage a franchise consultant that can help you because there's, you know, uh, again, I, I sound like I'm on Holly's payroll, but I just work so closely with franchise consultants that I, I have a big belief in the value that they bring to the table because they understand the industry and they know the questions to ask and some of the pitfalls to avoid and look out for and they know how to navigate their way through that franchise disclosure document and they um, I think for somebody that is brand new to business ownership, which many of the people that I work with are, they don't really know where to start. So instead of trying to reinvent that wheel and spin your wheels, why not get a, a professional that can help narrow things down and funnel the information to you? And, um, and, and it's free, you know. I mean, these franchise consultants, they don't charge you anything. It's absolutely free help and it'll save you so much time and beyond that i would say you know what take your time don't let anybody rush you through the process don't be in such a hurry that you just jump at the very first thing that you see and don't believe everything that everybody tells you be analytical do your own research take your time and be patient and wait till you feel that you find you know, the the right thing, because there's so many things out there. Okay, Ray, I'll give you last words, but I've already heard somebody quoting Ray rule, Ray's rules, and I've, and I've heard somebody else giving um, Holly a boost there. So what's your <laughs> last words here? My last words? Uh, uh, I mean, I, I think we covered all, <laughs> really. Uh, you know, advice is... Uh, be uh, have plenty of capital. You don't want to lose your business just because you need a couple of extra dollars. And uh, take that plunge. You've got to go in with both feet. You can't just dip your little toe in there and thinking that you know you'll just give this a try. You've really got to take the plunge and get in there. And sometimes you've got to. Uh, all your friends and relatives are look at look you straight in the eye and say you're nuts. You got uh, you know. Basically, look the other way and and just do it. Okay, I'm, so more raise rules. We're good with that. Next week's guest is uh, we've got two guests: uh, Jerry Akers of Great Clips and Josh uh, Nuss, the executive director of ALS Association in Iowa. This is actually the five-year uh, anniversary of the Bucket Challenge. So we're going to be talking about uh, giving back to the community or building the community, which is, I think, pillar number four, and cause-based marketing as well as uh, what's up next for the ALS Foundation after the very successful Bucket Challenge. Have a great week, folks. Remember, we're here on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, broadcasting the secrets of success in franchising. Have a profitable and an enjoyable week. Thank you, Carolyn and Kelly. Thanks, thank you everybody. for being on the show. Hey, thanks, Rick.